Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. We are back at the Places Where We Go podcast, continuing our discussion of top travel tips from the travel blogging community. Last time we were with you, we shared a bunch of tips. Hopefully you found them helpful. There were several that were new to us, and we've got more today for you. Plus, included in today's list are a few from our own travel experiences, and uh, we're adding one tip that we uh, came upon just from our latest travel this last weekend in Florida. So we have a new tip because experiences seem to give us learning moments and we sure had one this weekend. So you got to stay to the end to learn about our latest travel epiphany slash travel tip. So let's go ahead and get started. Our first tip on this podcast is from Stephanie Henney. Stephanie writes at Open Road Odysseys. Open Road Odysseys aims to inspire anyone with a desire for adventure that an unforgettable road trip is possible, no matter your budget or your time frame. Whether heading out for a weekend getaway or taking that bucket list trip of a lifetime, this blog has all the tools, tips, and knowledge you need to hit the open road and have an incredible vacation. So our road trip tips from Stephanie are, get your car inspected prior to a road trip. If you're taking a road trip, Make sure you get your car looked over by a mechanic before you head out. Get the oil changed, tires rotated, all the fluids topped off, and get those windshield wipers checked. That's a a big thing coming from California because they rarely come on for us. Yep. And you forget sometimes that those things have to be checked. Because while you're on the road, that's the worst time to discover that your vehicle has a problem. The other tip is to get your home ready for departure. Make a list of things you must do around the home before leaving. This could include putting your mail on hold, watering your plants, putting together a list of info for your pet sitter, or leaving a key with your neighbor. We tend to worry about these things when we go away. So creating a list ahead of time and ensuring the items are done will get your house in order before you go on vacation. Yeah, and we had an episode that you can find in the archives maybe 10 episodes ago or so where we had a guest with us, Christy Runyon, a realtor, who shared with us a whole episode's worth of tips to get your home ready for departure. So completely agree with that one, and we've got lots to elaborate on that topic. And again, you can find that in the archives. Our next contributor is Kylie Lang, whose blog is called Life in Rural France. This blog is all about French rural life, being an expat in France, and traveling around the amazing French country, especially the Southwest region. Kylie's blog is all about helping people discover the real France with its culture, history, good food, and wonderful wine. And Kylie's tips are, one, 
plan a mystery day. She says, allocate one day of your trip as a mystery day where you don't plan anything in advance. Instead, on that day, ask locals for recommendations or choose activities based on local flyers or posters you come across. She says, I found that this leads to some lovely, unexpected, and memorable experiences not found in guidebooks. And that reminds me of, we've done several travels where we've seen posters of concerts at local churches or Mm -hmm. just this last summer a festival in I think Latvia that we wouldn't have known about and sometimes you just want to have some time to experience these things that you come across so I, I like that one. The second tip that Kylie gives us is to explore local markets early in the morning. Visiting local markets can be an excellent way to immerse yourself in the local culture but try going early in the day. This is when you'll see local life's real hustle and bustle and you might get to interact with local vendors before the crowds arrive. Our next contributor is Kalina Lee. She runs the travel blog written by Kel. Kalina is a part-time travel blogger with dreams of being a full-time travel blogger. Her blog is mostly about her home, Vancouver, British Columbia, but she also talks about Canada and occasionally other places she's visited. Her first tip is to invest in a long raincoat if traveling to a rainy city or country. Nothing is worse than being thoroughly soaked from the legs down. I'm from Vancouver or Raincouver, and I see all types of raincoats and jackets people wear. Usually I found the people who do better in the rain are the ones with the longer raincoats. I have a longer raincoat and a normal short one. I love both but I grab my longer one when it is pouring out because it keeps me a lot drier. Yeah, I would say investing in any raincoat is a a great investment. We we spent some time, particularly remember, we took a trip to New Orleans, and I think that's the first time that I had bought the recent raincoat that I've been using. Super lightweight, keeps me relatively dry in the rain, and we've been out in places where it's been raining on us, and... I'm comfortable walking out in the streets with that raincoat on, no umbrella. So, you know, the raincoat and also I think, you know, pants that are not the jean type variety, but, you know, pants that are going to do well in the rain, like some of the hiking pants, I think, you know, fall in that category. The ones that dry quickly. Yeah. Yep. And Kalina's second tip is to wear your heavy clothes to the airport. Her tip is to wear everything heavy or big to the airport so you only have a carry-on. So if you have a big jacket that you are going to be taking and wearing, wear it on the plane. Packing a hoodie? Wear it on the plane. It also saves the space in your suitcase for other things. And I just did that on our recent trip this last weekend to Florida where I got on the plane with, I don't know how many layers I had. My I think four. T-shirt, my long sleeve, my sweater, my raincoat. And I think in the back of my head, because I had read these tips before, I had this particular tip. And we were able to get on with just one carry-on. And, and that, that carry-on was packed. We were yes. barely able to close it. And I think thanks to, in part, that we wore some of our heavy stuff on our bodies when we got on the plane. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Plus the overage. We had one overage that we stuffed in our son's bag, so that helped a lot too. Yeah. Travel with somebody who has room <laughs> in their suitcase. <laughs> Moving on to our next contributor, Michael Lynch, who is the chief navigator behind the blog, Our Campfire Unplugged. 
The quintessential weekend warriors at this blog squeeze every ounce of adventure into their days off. They love sharing their adventures and learnings to help fellow RV travelers and explorers maximize their visits to some of America's best national and state parks. And Michael gives us two tips. The first one is utilize online resources to understand the good and bad of campgrounds. Campground websites often showcase the very best pictures on the best days ever. We view the web as our toolbox to validate the quality of the RV campground. Google, Yelp, content creators, and RV Life all help to secure excellent campgrounds for our adventures. And for us, you know, because we do a bit of RV traveling as well, Campendium is one of the websites that we use a lot. And before booking a campground, I'll look at the reviews and we'll be looking for things like, is it relatively easy to drive into a campground with an RV? Are there obstacles? Are the campsites level? Those types of things, they're good to know before you get there. And the second tip from Michael is learn to use all trails to plan hiking adventures before venturing in the woods. <laughs> That's a really good one. It's a good one. <laughs> and if you watched our latest YouTube on Joshua Tree and our hike there, you'll get a little, a better sense of why, why we say that. Michael says splurging on the paid version of all trails to save and download trails is great for planning your hikes before visiting the area. The best part about this feature is that once you're at the National Park or wherever your destination is, you can access your listing, begin navigation, and turn your phone to airplane mode and low battery to conserve power. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to bolt on to Michael's tip there and say that as soon as you start walking on the trail, do take a look at the all trails to make sure you're actually on the trail you think you're supposed to be on. Because from our very recent experience, it's easy to get lost right at the beginning. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Our next contributor is Olivia McDonald. She runs the blog Defining Decade. It is a passport to a transformative journey through your 20s. From wanderlust-inspiring adventures to actionable insights, join Olivia in making the most of this defining decade of life. That's interesting. I like that mm -hmm. opening. Olivia's tips is download travel apps before traveling. And this kind of goes in with the all trails. She says the key apps I recommend for local transport apps, for example, Uber, Kakao, spelled K-A-K-A-O, or Grab, depending on your destination, Google Translate, Google Maps for downloading offline maps, currency app, and your airline app for checking into your flights and accessing entertainment. Yeah, and that reminds me. So we had a recent trip just a few days ago to Florida, and one of the airlines we flew on was Alaska. And we haven't flown on Alaska for 10 years, and we were, I don't know, two hours or so before getting to the airport, and I realized I didn't have an Alaska Airlines app on my phone and we, we were at a hockey game, and I was trying in a panic to download it, but the uh, download speed was that LTE, mm. and there was like no way it was going to download. And if I had the app on my phone, it just would have made the whole check-in process a little bit easier and then navigating with the um, the boarding pass on the phone easier than it turned out to be. So 
100% agree with Olivia's tip there on getting the right apps on your phone before you head out. And another tip from Olivia is to get a travel credit card to earn sign-up bonuses to redeem miles and points for free flights, flight upgrades, hotel stays, and more. Collecting points is how Olivia can fly business class for free, excluding the taxes. And let me tell you, it's a game changer. Yes, it is. And we've learned this one just this last summer where we used uh, rewards from travel cards to pay for a cruise, two weeks, fully funded with points. We also had almost an entire week in London at a hotel, completely covered by points. Our new uh, best friend is the Chase Sapphire credit card. (laughs) Wonderful for travel. We're going to move on to Sully Montero, who is a romance travel advisor with Teach, Travel, Discover. Sully works with couples planning their destination weddings, honeymoons, or romantic getaways. Posts on the site are typically related to planning these types of romantic adventures, focusing on taking vacations or traveling based around romance or couples-related activities. And Sully gives us two tips regarding traveling with your loved one. The first one is to focus on your partner when planning a romantic getaway. A perfect romantic getaway feels easy, seamless, and uncomplicated, and her advice for a smooth trip is keep it simple. It can be tempting to book all the tours, plan all the excursions, and schedule every minute of your vacation time, but the point of romantic travel isn't the destination, it's your partner. When you avoid overscheduling, you encourage fun, flexibility, spontaneity, and all the romance those things bring. Any comment there, Julie? Well, (laughs) there's this thing that I've learned, this acronym called FOMO, fear of missing out. And although my partner has greatly done amazing things on getting over his FOMO, he still has that very, very active mind that just wants to keep going, 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 going. Which is not a bad thing. I'm not, that's not a bad thing, especially if both are, are in the same mindset. But now I can say, let's just not do anything this day. And he's on board. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. We could segue here to therapy tips for couples. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that on a future episode. But instead, we have more from Sully. Sully's second tip, get out of your comfort zone. The best kind of romantic travel exposes you to new experiences. And who better to navigate those new experiences with than your partner? When you try new and maybe even scary things together as a couple, you improve communication, strengthen your bond, and excite your relationship. Mm, I would agree. You agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any uh, get-out-of-your-comfort-zone memories I think for me is just the fact on our first international trip, it was um, a little intensely scary for me. Because it was so brand new. I never did it before. That was the first time. And you had gone to Poland when you were like five and then as a teenager or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you had experienced, I think you went to Canada too, right? Yeah, I've been here and there before. So you had experienced those international travel experiences. I hadn't. And the amazing part about that, and I think it was just having you as this amazing 
husband that, that I have, that I felt comfortable to do that. And you had a conference. So there was a, a, a couple of days I was pretty much on my own. Yep, yep. Wandering I, the streets of Dublin. I just took off, and I normally would never do that. I was by myself, and I got on the bus by myself and took off and went right into the city of Dublin and the heart of the city and just walked my little heart out. And it was awesome. Yeah, so that was a bit of getting out of the comfort zone. Yes, absolutely. The little solo travel by yourself there yep. in a new country, yep. new place. And now we can't stop traveling. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Our next contributor is Nicoletta. She's the owner and author of Voices of Travel, travel itinerary and language blog. This blog helps people plan and organize travel itineraries. She provides many sample itineraries so her clients can skip the boring and time-consuming planning process, take the itinerary, and hit the road. Her blog also teaches travelers how to learn languages for travel in a fun and easy way to connect with locals and have a better travel experience. Her tip is to research how to get from one place to another most efficiently so you can spend less time on the road and more time enjoying the activities. Find travel passes in the country that will give you flexibility in your travel plans. One of the ways you can do that, one of the tools that we use, there's um, an app and I think a website called Rome to Rio, which is great for traveling internationally. And you can put in, I want to go from Berlin, Germany to Szczecin, Poland, or Rome, Italy to Venice, Italy, and you'll get all the options. Here's how you do it by car. Here's how you do it by bus. Here's how you do it by train. If there's other options, those will come up as well. You'll get a sense of how long it takes, how expensive it's going to be. So that's a great tool to have in your bag of tricks. And now we move to Mary Rowland, who runs the travel blog Wandering Michigan, Wisconsin. She's a Michigan native who now calls central Wisconsin home and is excited to show you all that this area of the United States has to offer. Her site helps travelers looking for outdoor adventures or unique places in Michigan and Wisconsin. Mary provides tips for travelers moving around large bodies of water. For example, traveling across Lake Michigan between Michigan and Wisconsin via a high-speed two-and-a-half-hour car ferry is less stressful than a road trip, especially traveling from central Michigan to central Wisconsin. So there's another example of finding an efficient way to travel. And there's parts of the country and parts of the world where ferries come into uh, play and are helpful ways to get around. And now our big finale is we've got three tips from the places where we go. That's us two right here. First, let's say we are very thankful for all our contributors and the breadth of travel planning tips they brought to share with you, our community. And we'd like to join this party too with our top tips. Yeah. First tip would be to follow your roots. Listeners of our podcast will be familiar with our frequent travel itineraries influenced by our genealogical research. Hunting down who our ancestors were and where they lived has shaped our travel selections. We never would have visited Raglan Castle in Wales or the Trenchard Museum of RAF Halton without learning how our family's personal story connects to these places. And there are many more similar destinations 
we've experienced following our roots. So we suggest exploring your personal story. You probably have ancestors whose journeys can be traced today with the advent of DNA tools such as Ancestry.com. It's never been easier to trace one's lineage. Research your family tree and plan an adventure to see where your ancestors lived. Our next tip, commit dates to your calendar. I think one of the best ways to ensure that your travel dreams happen is just to simply get your calendar out and put dates on the calendar that are reserved for specific travel adventures. Because once you set the dates on the calendar, you can avoid booking conflicting appointments that otherwise can keep you from leaving home. You'll know to tell others that you're unavailable during those reserved dates, and then you can begin the process of planning your trip. And interestingly, we still have many places to discover close to home that we tell ourselves year after year, maybe we'll do it this year. In our local backyard, a few examples that come to mind are sailing out to the Channel Islands, which I keep saying every year for the past few years, Julie, we're going to go out to Santa Rosa Island and spend the day hiking. And maybe 2024 is the year we're going to do that. And the way we can guarantee that's going to happen is we just get out the darn calendar and say April 12th or whatever the weekend is going to be, that's when we're doing it. So. I have a mental block on that one. You, re- you realize that, right? That's the problem. No, I, yeah. I have sensed that. Yes, the mental block is getting on a boat. But we, we've been to Anacapa Island before. Yes, we have. On and a, we did okay. On a private sail, little private sailboat. Yes, yes. And, and I did okay. Yes. Anyways, I, anyway. I want to get back. I don't like being sick. Okay, go ahead. I know. And there's also, you know, every weekend we drive the Ventura Highway. It's 101. And somewhere between Newberry Park and the hill that goes to Camarillo, we pass. There's some museum there. Yeah. A every, Stagecoast muge- Museum. Every time. Oh, we need to go see that. Yeah. We need to go see We've that. been saying that for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, literally 10 years. So, so maybe 2024 will be <laughs> the year we do that too. And to do any of those things or to do any kind of big thing, again, I say get your calendar out and, and just mark the date down because that's going to help turn those things into reality. And we have one more brand new tip, fresh off the press, that just came from an experience that we had a few days ago. We traveled to Florida and it's regarding, the for those of you who ever fly the Red Eye Experience, which is something that we never do, and I think this is like the first time we've ever done a Red Eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're taking a Red Eye to anywhere, it's likely the case that you have, will have been up an entire day, then you get to the airport late at night, you hop on a plane, and you may fly for multiple hours... And, and, if, and this is something that we're kind of highlighting the fact that we are unable to sleep on airplanes. Yeah. And I think there's many people who have trouble I sleeping think so on too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although when we were on that, that red-eye flight, there was somebody behind me snoring away. I, I know. They had I no problem sleeping. My boss from when I used to work, she used to take one of those uh, Tylenol PMs or something. Oh, yeah. uh, so a sleep aid, so people do that. Yeah. We don't do that. We can't sleep on planes. So anyways, before you know it, you arrive at your destination, and now you're up for at least 24 hours. And 
unless you do the thing that we're going to suggest, you okay, may find the your tip. Here comes the yeah, tip. So, <laughs> drum roll. The tip is after a red eye flight, when you book your hotel or B and B or wherever the heck it is you're going to stay, find yourself a place that allows early check in. Because otherwise, you'll find yourself in a situation like us where we discovered our hotel didn't allow check-in until 4 p.m. And there's a whole fiasco that happened with this particular thing. And I'm not even going to get into that now. Maybe we'll save that for a future podcast. But We are usually very easygoing travelers. We, We don't like to put any pressure on people because we know people have hard jobs. So we we give that leeway to people, but this kind of pushed our limits. Well, and I think it pushed our limits partly because, you know, by the time the official check-in time came around and shame on me for not figuring this out when I, at the time I booked the hotel, we will have been up over 30 hours with no sleep. And once you're up for that long... You know, I don't know about everybody else, but I think I at least get a little. I get I get more grumpier and grouchier than normal. And some people, yeah, know that. Some people sense my grouchiness as it is, anyways, from time to time. Well, you weren't the one that. I mean, I was the one that went to the desk yeah. when it was like they said four o'clock. Four o'clock hit, and I'm like, that's it. Oh, and they still weren't that's ready. It. They it still, still weren't ready. ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we have lots to elaborate on that. So. Possibly in an upcoming podcast, yeah. we'll tell you about our latest installment of trying to hit yeah. every National Hockey League arena. Well, and that's, that's the <laughs> irony is, of it all is we finally get into the room and we had a game to go to. And it was just like... Oh, we had minutes to change. Yeah, we just yeah. had to change and go again after not sleeping for 30 hours straight and go to a game, which we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it was a long day. Yeah. Long, long day. So there's a whole bunch of more travel tips for you, a few from us, and a whole bunch more from the travel blogging community. Again, one more time, we thank everybody who contributed their travel tips for us that we Mm -hmm. can share with our listeners. And uh, armed with all these new tips, hopefully you've got some thoughts to make your future travel more enjoyable and less stressful. And that's going to do it for this episode. And if you'd like to refer to any of these tips that you've heard today or see more, we do have a post on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. It's called 33 Expert Travel Planning Tips from Adventurous Travel Bloggers. And that's where you can revisit the tips you've heard today, as well as several others. You can stay connected with us every week when we bring you travel news updates through our newsletter. You can subscribe on our website. We invite you to do that, where you can get weekly travel news curated for you by us. And if you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts to catch up to our future episodes. Join us next time as we bring you more stories from our travel adventures. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Until next time, happy travels, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. Bye-bye. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as 
the places where one, the number one, and you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.